Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, April 6, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Glow Yield. Glow Yield is the ecosystem of Terra decentralized apps like Lotto and Creators, all powered by DeFi Yields. Glow Creators helps artists and influencers give their fans exclusive perks through membership NFTs and more. Glow Lotto is a prize link savings account with a weekly chance to win the big jackpot. Tickets are free and perpetual, which means there's zero chance to lose money. Be sure to follow Glow Yield on Twitter and join the Discord community to stay up to date with all the glowing projects and check them out online at glowyield.com. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, part two of the two-part Cosmos Spaces Space, the IBC gang hosts Luna and Cosmos 101. It's the Cosmonaut Bootcamp. Let's take a listen. Cool. So Karama, are you looking good? You got that UST um, over there? The UST is still not over there. Okay. IBC so transfers. The Luna, Luna, so Luna is uh, there. Yeah. Only if the Luna works, one, one, one dollar anyway, so it's nothing. So, um, but uh, yeah, I want to get into so between uh, Neta and Juno. Uh, what what do you guys think is uh, is the better option? I'm not really. Uh, if you don't have exposure to either, yeah, probably Juno, because that would be like asking, should I buy Ethereum or this? new project that might have potential use on Ethereum in the future. So if you don't have exposure so to either, some, I'd some say Ethereum Juno, but... and some <laughs> so some Neta and yeah. some Juno basically if you if you can. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Like probably seventy five percent Juno, eighty percent Juno, a little Neta, or maybe fifty fifty. Who knows? I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna not... go fifty fifty. When in doubt I always go fifty <laughs> fifty. Whenever I'm like, oh what do I what do I... All right, you guys, you guys um, got me involved in the um, you know cosmos ecosystem, cosmos oh, awesome. and stuff. So yeah, that's a win. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I wanted to say something quickly. Um, yeah. If you're looking for your USD, it's going to be as a token within your Kepler wallet under Terra, so you won't see it as a main as a main coin. You will see it as a sub. Yeah, that's uh, right. You you would have to go. Yeah. In osmosis, on the osmosis chain, it'll be in the lower below. Oh, no, no, not there yet. You yeah. have to go to Terra. Within your Kepler, go to Terra, mm -hmm. then scroll to the bottom of the wallet where other tokens are usually listed. Yeah, the extra you tokens. Will see, you will see your UST listed under Terra as a token. That's where you will see it. 
within your wallet. You won't see it on top where Luna is listed. The, yeah. she, knows, she, she knows her way around Kepler. You know your way around. <laughs> <laughs> you use it all the time, huh? <laughs> a little giggle. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Probably too much. That's how long how have you I been feel. doing it? How long have you been using this? How long have you been in it? Um, I joined Akash sometime about this time last year, and Akash was my first Cosmos um wallet. So nice. Very nice. Very Wait, nice. wallet or do you mean like chain you were in? Uh, the first chain in the Cosmos. Yeah, was, uh, that's Akash. an awesome choice. <laughs> you're, you're, are you you're doing some staking with Akash? Oh, yeah. Akash is my first love. Nothing's changing there. Yeah, oh, it's, it's got a lot I, of potential. It's got I a lot of potential. I like, I like you. We're going to be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got into Osmosis primarily to stake Akash and earn more Akash. But then I looked at it twice, like, hmm, interesting. That's growing faster than this. So yeah. let me see what happens. And that's all this other cool stuff here. <laughs> yeah, lots of cool stuff. And now I have a way. Uh, well, I always try to make sure I'm still staking a cash and accumulating a cash because my reason for getting in hasn't changed. And in fact, it's just the beginning. For me, that's my risk. I'm willing to take it. I said, buying no, a cash. That's going to pay me. off. A cash is like. It will be a blue chip soon enough. Do you have some? Do you have some IT background? Do you have some IT background? Because Akash is like kind of an outlier. Most people don't understand how big, yeah. how big it can get if if cloud compute. You know, the, obviously cloud computing or web I, web services. I sort of have an IT background, but I'm not a coder. I'm a software tester. But um, I've been in blockchain since 2017, and I've got involved in projects that have been trying to do what Akash is doing. And mm -hmm. Akash is the closest. I've been I've looked at storage projects, I've looked at cloud-based projects, I've looked at yep. um mm -hmm. microcomputing projects and anything decentralized on the IT side, I've looked at them. Many of them are very promising, but they never come this close to what Akash has. Yes, yeah, Akash is very close to going yeah. to, to yeah. going enterprise. They they want to exactly. go get a lot bigger and be able to do, handle large enterprise yeah. operations. They've you, set themselves up to scale better than pretty much anyone else. Yeah. Yes, Real they quick, have delivered. One they, more they, question. Do you, yeah. do you listen to the osmosis updates? Like, do you listen to the weekly updates with Sonny like they did today? I have sometimes, but I'm, I, I can't tell you I know the exact time, but I have stumbled on it or listened to recordings sometimes. They're on YouTube. They're on YouTube under the osmosis uh, um, channel, I think. Right. Is that right, Timmy? Yeah, uh, the likes. I think it's either called Osmosis or just Osmosis, like support that. But yeah, yeah, they it's the Osmosis support channel on YouTube. I think they post all the uh, the, the weekly updates from the lab. But uh, you get a lot of good information there, just about Osmosis in general. But I, I'm really impressed with your um, your knowledge of um, just Kepler in general because it's 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 tricky technology. It's 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 really hard unless you use it every day, and I can tell you use it a lot. I use it, and I have to talk people across the country how to use it um, and teach them how to use it. And so I have to get back to the. I have to get my mindset back to day zero before anything is configured and see what they see. Yeah, so I have to do that yeah. right over. Oh, and over when you're again. trying, when you're trying that's to onboard people, of, that's literally mm -hmm. the point of these Wednesday spaces. Is like me going, okay, wait, got to take a step back. People still, there's a lot of people out there that need that that step one intro to the basics. And yeah, something as simple as approving, approving yep. your connection of Kepler to Osmosis. You, we don't do that anymore because we probably 
connected everything possible to connect. But somebody who's in it for the first time, that message can be very um, scary. What does this mean? What am I going to lose my money? Am I giving permission? And yep. Nope. You hit the nail on the head. Well, I'm just I'm so thankful you have a great way of explaining it. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like th there is that fear of when you're, you know, when you're first new to crypto, you're, you're uncomfortable with the wallet. It takes a while to get comfortable. And, and if, if anyone's heard my story, like I, I missed out on a lot of the airdrops last year because I just had a hard time stepping over that line of moving some serious assets, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah. I just, I just let it sit on a centralized exchange for so long. But now, like, it's you just have to, once you get across that line, you get comfortable with Kepler or Cosmo Station or, Ter Os or Terra Station, whichever wallet I, it, it is. I swear, first you get comfortable, then you get addicted. <laughs> no, hey, it's, it's possible because you came in, and if you had come in 2017, you'd be more comfortable on the wallet side and not the exchanges. Then yeah. exchanges were literally going down left, right, and center. It was yeah, almost true. like as soon as you probably you could do a transaction to buy Bitcoin or something today. And just after you move your transaction, you move, uh, you withdraw your money. The thing is, it takes a slow time. Then you hear that everyone who tried to withdraw after you put it because uh, there was a hack or the, there was a, uh, some kind of fraud. It was, yeah. it was, <laughs> the only money you are sure you had was money in your wallet. So that habit just stuck with me. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Those were crazy times. Uh, what was that, AZ, though? Yeah. Oh, we got a question from the Telegram. Um, I got Grits okay. asking about Flux and how they're similar to Akash. I've never heard of them, but that's the question being asked. Ooh. Yeah, I've ah. heard about Flux. They used to be called Zelcor. Yeah. I, I joined that project from day one, literally day one. And I ran several nodes with them, too. So how they are different, in my opinion, because they had what they call master nodes. They have three different levels. And the master nodes they made you run had extremely high specs. They had a software which sat on this master nodes which you run, which I give the example. The average master node, you could run, you could run it on a node from uh, um, Delta, Digital Ocean or Volta for $10 or $5. But the nodes, the basic nodes for these uh, Flux, previously called Zelcor or Zelcash, required you to pay like $80 for the basic, to run the basic node. Now, these nodes, they kind of harness the computing power of these nodes with their software for microcomputing and intense computing activities. And that was supposed to be rented out. That was the idea. They've been building and lots of things have happened. So I'm not part of that project anymore. I sold my coins some time back, but they're different because here they are making different individuals provide uh, VPS services at very high specs and they are harnessing it for their computing power. Akash, on the other hand, is a marketplace where they're selling VPS. So put it, let's put it this way. Warehouse, um, Zelco, um Flux is not provided. It's, it's not. It's not quite a marketplace. On this, in in that, is uh, making you sell your uh, cloud services directly. Rather, it is taking a combination of cloud services provided by its master nodes, 
and providing supercomputer services that way. At least that's what they used to do. I don't know if they have changed. There's every possibility they have migrated or moved. I don't know. This is about two, three years ago, I think, that, that when, I, when I was part of that project. Akash is a marketplace. So what they are doing, they're making it possible for people to to think of it as a reseller's market. Yeah, that's that sort of a is. big selling point, I think, yeah. for sure. But at the same time, while it's a reseller's market, it's also dealing with some bare-bone um, companies that have uh, excess, um, what's the word now, excess cloud or excess... Um, compute. Exactly, excess, excess compute compute that they haven't yep. sold or cannot sell. And Akash is now selling that directly too. So it's there's a more direct hop. So let's put it this way. Something... Because Akash is dealing with uh, the like the uh, first line of um, cloud service providers and selling and taking it off their hands, what they can sell and providing it directly in their marketplace, the quality is likely to be better than the VPS service I would buy from Volta or buy from Cantabu or uh, Hexner to resell yep. to provide as a master note for. Um, uh, Flux to use for their own computing. I remember. Hey, hey, I was, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say something here that a true cosmonaut doesn't buy Flux; they buy Akash because Akash yeah. has Greg Asuri and the Dream Team building. That's all I got to well, say. Well, guess what? Akash <laughs> is new. Flux existed before Akash. Like I said earlier in the space, I have been watching different projects trying to do this cloud and supercomputing. And I've pretty much been part of almost all of them. I've, I had a um, Sia coin on my computer at home. I I've still had... love Sia coin. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, do. uh, you better not be about to talk bad about Sia no, coin. No, no, no. I'm, just saying, I, I've wanting, I, I'm looking for, I, I, um, I don't believe in the blockchain for money only. I believe in the blockchain for services that are relevant to my everyday life. And yeah, I run yeah. several master nodes. So, my first attraction to Akash was, yes, I can finally run a master node on a system that's not connected to my credit card. That appealed to me. So I saw um, Sierra like, oh, my God, so finally I can get rid of uh, Apple Cloud and uh, Samsung Cloud and all the different clouds and just use Sierra Coin. But that wasn't quite ready. So I'm still waiting for whichever blockchain project comes up with something I can use every day. And that's why Akash is always going to be there because I will use it. So that's it, really. Yeah, I know this isn't cloud compute, but I will say I actually actively use Siacoin for a lot of things all the time through Filebase. Filebase mm. is a really cool, like it's, I use it for web, um, like storage hosting. So like anywhere okay. you could put S3 storage hosting for files. So like, in fact, one of my pinned tweets, like the very first one, if you scroll all the way to the right, um, cosmonaut bootcamp.s3.filebase. So that's living on Siacoin. That's like a PDF document that is on the Siacoin blockchain and like not cloud compute in terms of the way a cache is doing it, but for storage, they're like something I actually use like often. So that's just yeah. a little shout out. Yeah, I had something about handy, handy host or handy something. I haven't quite looked at it, but it seems to be a combination of DVPN, Akash, and uh... I think Sierra coin or Filecoin. I don't know which one, but yeah. Ambitious sounding. <laughs> so guys, I wanted to give you guys an update. So you don't have to do any of that. You just need to go to bridge.terra.money 
and you just bridge your UST from Terra to Osmos directly for like pennies, basically. Oh, Lord. I've just, literally uh, never done that. <laughs> yeah, I've always just clicked like deposit pennies. on osmosis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel um, like that's still more annoying than just clicking deposit on osmosis, though. True. Right. True. true, true. Um, and I did buy 50% Neta and a double 50 on Juno. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Welcome. It's always risky. It's always better to use a blockchain. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the cosmos or the rest of it. Oh, it seems like you've already been like somewhat. In, or is this how involved have you been outside of Luna, like in the rest of the cosmos? Um, I haven't really been. A lot. I got all my wallets and everything, and I'm yeah. connected to. Uh, but sounds like the really first step, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Hey, Tim. Did you want to circle back? We were going to talk about the basics of there's the protocols on Luna for uh, AC. Yeah, for Dragon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, I just want, I just wanted to touch base real quick because it's like I I mean I'm I'm still trying I'm still trying to explore it a little bit because yeah. you can only you can only do so much and uh, it there some of the stuff going on over there in Terra is like next level. You have the B Luna, the Y Luna, the you know, all you you know. From what I understand, the B Luna is the bonded Luna, so it's yeah. it's their it's their way of taking Luna and then borrowing against it. So, like, I guess the big, the so, big yeah. protocol, yeah, the big protocol over there is Anchor. You know, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, Tim. so that's probably where we'll. That's what I was just about to say. I was like, yeah, let's start with Anchor. Um, but little gains. I I don't know if you've even got a word in since you hopped up. I just want to say what's up. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just here to say hi to everybody. Hope everyone's having a great night. Um, and just just before you guys get started with that, I did want to invite all you to the um, basically like a ladies uh, type of space on Friday. Um, we're inviting the um, the Cosmos ladies for that space. Um, they're actually co-hosting it with us that day on Friday at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, these ladies come from uh, the Ignite um, Ignite team, and uh, they're actually developers there. And they started their own project to help women on board to Web3 and just bring more awareness to the uh, women that are working with Web3. Um, and I personally wanted to invite uh, Nightgo there. So hopefully we can see you there, Nightgo. Okay, thanks for the invite. Uh, that's 11.30 Eastern? Yeah, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. I did All send right. you a DM so you can um, oh, okay. send your reminder. Thank you. Awesome. Great shout out, Gaines. That's sweet. Um, but yes, Mayor, um, absolutely. So let's let's kind of start from the top. Uh, but real quick, over to AZ, was there something between like the protocols and the wallet that you kind of had questions about with Luna, or does that seem like the next next thing we want to dive into is sort of the different the apps and protocols over there? No, I, I mean I've just been sitting here absorbing the space. Like, don't worry about explaining things for me. I'm your I'm the conduit. No, no, no. I mean I mean that as like uh, let me use you to make sure I'm not skipping over any any kind of. One thing I will caution about, or just to make sure that's heavily explained, I think yeah. of when Osmosis was trying to do the, um, they were comparing bridges and when that was happening. And I was reading the Medium article in preparation. And something they were warning about was when you have these bridges, there's the fear of the alphabet soup that can scare new people. 
And a great example of that is if you ever look at Solana's Saber decks, uh-huh. and you look at the liquidity pools, and I think there are seven or eight different variants of Sol, all with different prefix letters. There's like A Sol, B Sol, BT Sol, C Sol, and they're all in pools with each other. And it's terrifying and overwhelming. And yep. it's sounding like Terra has a little bit of that. So I think it's really important to explain what those prefixes mean. They do. Yeah. And, and we definitely should. Um, some of them are more important and like longer standing in the ecosystem than others. Like B Luna is like a really big one. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is although for the end user, it doesn't matter. It's the same alphabet soup of confusingness. The, the reasoning is very different on, on Solana. And like your example, it's because of all these different bridged assets, like you were saying, whereas on Luna, it's because like people are doing different things with Luna and making different derivatives that interact with it or are representative of it in different ways. And obviously for the end user, same un- confusing alphabet suit, but that is just another interesting note. It's kind of coming from a different place. Um, so yeah, one of the main, like, and not just main as in like first big one, like a central part of the Terra ecosystem is the anchor protocol, the app. And that's where B Luna comes from, which is kind of the most important of the alphabet soup ones to understand initially. So anchor protocol is a place where you can do like a couple things. One, you can, we'll start with this one, deposit Luna for B Luna which is pretty much like it's not exactly one-to-one you'll see when you convert it but it's it's super close it's whatever you know the liquidity pool is trying to keep them pegged one-to-one um and that's like a liquid yield bearing version of luna it's bonded luna the b meaning that it's it's representative of luna that's kind of staked and earning rewards except it is a token b luna that you can move around and do stuff with so sort of a form of liquid staking. The other super popular aspect of Anchor um, is the UST deposits. So that's its like main selling point is 20% uh, APY on UST. And we'll circle back to BLUNA for sure, but just to cover all of Anchor protocol. Um, and so that is like a similar system. You can deposit UST and get AUST, which is like, I think the A just stands for anchor, but it's like interest-bearing UST. It's it's when you have that, you're getting 20% uh, APY, so long as you're an anchor. And that's sort of like uh, the like first thing that most people get exposure to when they start uh, exploring Luna, or at least hear about, um, whether it's through Twitter or where else. Because other protocols sort of build off of it, rely it, and it also helps to sort of just Damn, I just noticed Sefi's in here. He could probably explain this all so much better. Now I feel like I'm under pressure. Hey, let, let, me, ex- let me explain it like the simple way, AZ. If you know anybody who wants to earn 19%, just tell them, I know a savings account <laughs> that you can earn 19%. Yeah, it's, it's not a traditional savings account. It's it's kind of one of these new DeFi savings account. But just say, hey, it's a savings Until account. Until Alice comes out. You, ha- <laughs> you have to convert your you, your dollars to these weird tokens. but I know where you can earn 19% and it's just a, a nice little savings account. That's like the easy way to sell it to grandma or, or aunt Susie. And if aunt Susie says, I don't know, but here I'll give you, I'll give you a $500. You know, it's a way to do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's anchor protocols. Like without trying to explain the, the dynamics of it, it it's 
offering to the average person is 20% APY on your USD deposit. And um, is it coming from lending? Like, I'm curious where that deposit is being yielded from. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's where things get kind of complicated and there are like formulas that balance everything out. But it's like a combination of factors. And honestly, I, I would want to brush up on this. I knew not just like, but a couple weeks ago, like exactly how it worked because I brushed up one of these spaces. But um, Sefi, if you want to, absolutely no pressure. But if you want to hop up here and maybe do this more justice, feel free. But it comes from a combination of like ANC tokens being generated, the uh, base yield for staking Luna, and like one or two other factors that sort of are in a equation. I'm trying to picture it in my head right now, but that sort of balance each other out to try and maintain this 20% yield. Um, it's nothing that can, it's nothing that I understand well enough to be able to explain super simply. Um, that's sort of my, my general con idea of it is that between the base yield that, um, you get, like from staking limit tokens that uh, the protocol itself can take care of or uh, take advantage of, as well as the ANC tokens being generated every year to kind of supplement that yield. Um, I, I think they're in the process of voting and they have voted for an adjustable rate. So it is going to fluctuate. Yeah. It used to be a hard 19.5, but they just voted and um, it's going to adjust a little bit. All right, Sefi, save me from my flounder. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? Um, yeah, real quick, uh, the way Anchor was originally designed to work is that, uh, borrowers would post proof of stake assets like Luna, right? So you'd give up your yield from your Luna and then I can borrow off my Luna and go buy whatever I want. Right. So I get UST, but I got to pay the interest rate. Um, and part of that interest rate is taking my yield which for Luna is like seven, eight percent, right? So you give up all that and airdrops and things like that. And then that goes to the earn pool, which then if you go and deposit your UST, you know, you can make your your uh interest yield on that. So if the borrowers uh uh are over collateralized and far exceed the um number of people that are deposited on the earn side, of course, you know, there's an excess that could go to the earn side. The problem with that, of course, is that there's like an infinite number of UST depositors in theory, and only so many people that are borrowers. Uh, and it, it really can't really ever balance out, obviously. So Wait, Sethi, I want to jump in real quick, because yeah. I said something earlier that I think uh, misled people and may have you confused now, because I misspoke. Okay. I, I'm so tired today. My, I don't know where my brain's at. But bonded luna yeah i might have put some people on the thought path that that's like liquid staking it is which is not it's a collateral system no, i mean it kind no, of is but well, no, it's more of a collateral so bonded right? luna is a form of uh liquid staked luna that in, in normally luna when you stake it you get um some luna some ust um and some other like international coins that just sort of like fill your wallet it's so if you have normal staking that's what you get with bonded Luna, it's a specific version of this um, where you get um, only UST, um, f you know, from Luna. So all the Luna yeah. and everything else is sold to basically get you UST. So normally, if you have bonded Luna in your wallet, 
um, you'll notice that in the Anchor protocol, there's a section called B Assets, and you can withdraw that UST periodically if you want to. So you can actually hold B Luna if you just want to earn uh, your yield in UST. So in that way, it's a liquid stake asset, but it's built specifically for the ability to place on Anchor as collateral. So for, and that's when you forfeit that yield. You forfeit that yield when in order to be able to borrow. Yeah. So, so sim- and that's where some of the UST generation. Yeah. So similar, similarly, yeah. So similarly, like Bonded Atom is coming and uh, you'll be able to um, buy Bonded Atom. You'll be able to post that as collateral. You'll lose your like 15% APY, which is quite high actually. Um, and... Um, you could, you know, instantaneously borrow off it if you feel like it. So if you feel like, hey, look, I see an opportunity in the ecosystem, it's earning 30% yield or something. You're like, I'd rather borrow off my bonded atom, you know, pay the cost to borrow, whatever that is, and give up this yield. And then, um, you know, I can find a, a quick opportunity that might be a way to use it, right? But um, so the, the, so as far as the variable interest rates concerned, what's happened is is that the last year or so, um, Terraform Labs basically donated, uh, essentially sold Luna or burned it to UST, and then uh, stuck it into the pool basically to the tune of like a half a billion dollars. And um, it's basically just think of it as like just one massive ass like UST airdrop to you know, increase adoption. <laughs> That's basically what it was. And the complaint people have generally is that like a lot of UST is being minted to park an anchor for that yield, but there's no way to sustain that yield forever, which is true. And everyone concedes that that's basically true. So slowly the anchor yield is going to fall from the magical 19 and a half percent now to something like, you know, probably closer to, you know, seven to 10 percent right so whatever so slowly it's going to go down um over this year um what we haven't heard for sure is whether or not tfl is going to like bolus in another um you know uh infusion of money because really the amount of money is almost meaningless compared to how much adoption gets bootstrapped right so the concept of this is you adopt you bootstrap the adoption of ust by creating an interesting little savings vehicle right and, um, you know, you bring in tons of people who then start playing on Terra. And of course, you know, you know, that's what happened. Terra really grew a lot because of this kind of, this kind of feature. So the good news is like, there's a lot of other yield opportunities on Terra. So I don't have any money in anchor protocol at 20%. Um, there's quite a few things that, um, are Do you probably, white there, there's quite a few things that are like better than that. Oh, what's that? White whale? Do you use white whale at all? Um, I don't yet. I mean, it's I, not that different from Anchor right now because it doesn't like right. White Whale's not sort of working very. It's not really working yet. So you get the yeah. Anchor yield, but you don't get a whole lot above that. Hey, and then just one quick question, Sefi, with the B Luna. So for it's my understanding when you convert to B Luna, you can borrow against it. But if whenever you want to convert your B Luna back to Luna, you can you do that, but you have to wait. You have like a waiting period of 21 days, or you have the option to claim your Luna um, immediately, but you take a little bit of a hit. Is it like a 0.5% hit on the conversion? Uh, it, de- it depends on the market rate. So if you go to Astroport, which is the main DEX on Terra, you can 
you can swap for Luna to Bonded Luna. Sometimes it's actually cheaper to do it that way because you actually get some free Luna that way. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times the that arbitrage is not there and the price is exactly you know one to one. Um, other times when there's really heavy market volatility, sometimes the price difference is like two or three percent and you can get a lot of free bonded Luna. And when you unstake over 21 days, it'll convert to the full quantity of Luna. Um, so you just got some free Luna basically. Um, yeah, the, the burn mint mechanism, uh, generally, uh, yeah, you, you can, it's basically like, it's not really burning and minting. It's basically staking and unstaking is what it really is. <laughs> I don't know why they have a different terminology there, but yeah. It, and I'd seen I, in the past, I had seen you post about that. You're like, good, good arb opportunity on, on B Luna right now. And I, I saw you post that. It's like, I just wasn't there yet, but I, th I think I'm, I'm kind of getting close. Yeah. To, um, like, yeah. I'll yeah. I'll give you an so example yeah, break of what that I was down. doing. I can give you an example of what I was doing. Like, let's say, for example, I don't know, I've got a you know million bucks worth of uh, Luna, and um, there's a uh, bonded Luna sometimes was like 2% cheaper. So I would convert that million bucks of Luna to uh, to bonded Luna while it was cheaper, like let's say 2%. So now I have like... Uh, one million twenty thousand bucks worth of Luna, <laughs> and then you go and burn that bonded Luna over twenty one days, and then you get the full amount of Luna because you know the you got more B Lunas at that time. So now you just got like twenty k free of bonded Luna. So we were doing that kind of shit for like a solid year, year and a half. <laughs> it became kind of popular, and then the arb goes away because everyone does it, tries to do it right. Yeah, everybody, so, everyone jumped in on it, and then. But the, that's like yeah. the point of the Terra ecosystem too. It's like the arbitrage opportunities, and that's how a lot of stuff works. It's almost like arbitrage is the the grease for Terra. Well, it's when you have these different like primitives that are supposed to, um, that are supposed to peg to each other somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, there'll be market forces that cause them to unpeg. So, for example, when the market's crashing, what happens is is people that have their collateral as bonded Luna, right, and they're borrowing off it, they'll freak out and they'll go and like try to panic convert their bonded Luna quickly to Luna again. So the price of B Luna will fall compared to Luna. Uh, the DEXs don't have an Oracle. There's no like Oracle price. The, the, it's set purely by buyers and sellers. So therefore, periodically, you'll find cheaper, um, uh, you know, cheaper uh, uh, versions of a yeah. coin that should otherwise be close to equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So th this is like the game, but like, Anyway, the point is the the it, the arbitrage stuff for the beginners is not really so much the the relevant point. The the point is yeah. like how to basically use Anchor Protocol. The most like the the most lucrative use of Anchor Protocol is not sticking your money in there for twenty percent yield. I promise you, the absolute most useful use of Anchor Protocol is to uh, collateralize your Luna and borrow off it. So that's a whole other discussion. Before we change off of this, though, I have a quick question that just came to mind when you were talking about the de-pegging of Luna versus B Luna. Um, can you explain? And this might—I don't not to sound like I'm fighting or anything, but really just my comprehension of um, what how what the death spiral is in an algorithmic stablecoin and how that would work in terms of Luna, or ide ideally never work. But you know what I mean. 
Yeah, um, basically a death spiral would be is if every, you know someone goes and tries to dump a huge amounts of uh, UST onto the market, and um, either by uh, f- by like doing it purposefully or by uh, just market participants like exiting from UST for whatever reason, then of course you know the price of UST drops to let's say 99 cents then 98 cents 97 cents because relative to other stable coins that people are exiting to it's gonna like um depeg now re- remember that all stable coins do this though like if you go on a very very volatile day you go and you'll find that like you know tether might be 99.5 or you might see that usdc might be you know depegged so generally all the all the stables depeg by like half a penny or Maybe a penny, things like that, right? I see that so, even in times of non like volatility in the market. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. If you've ever gone to trade like stables in certain places, you'll see that they're you're getting weird rates. Like, hey, I thought I was converting like ten thousand bucks, and now I have like ten thousand ten, or I have ten nine thousand ninety. So it happens um, all the time with stables. It's like a you know because it's basically these are traded objects essentially, and it's no different in some ways than other other coins. So um, the uh, so it, how does it normally that that peg return? Well, the way it works is you can um, you can trade you can basically mint uh, Luna or burn Luna to increase or decrease the supply of UST, um, and that system is it works and it works quite well. Um, the most recent um episodes of volatility in the last i don't know nine months have shown that ust has basically maintained maintained peg even better than other stables actually even including usdc and tether so um the reflexivity of that system has improved quite a bit since the columbus 5 upgrade late last year which is kind of a big deal for terra um and then additionally uh the more popular ust becomes right uh the more trust there is the more arbitrage whales will go in there and peg the UST themselves, right? For example, um, let's say UST is worth 99 cents. I go in there and I take cash and I buy, you know, on exchanges, I go and buy it for one cent cheaper. So now a million bucks nets me like $10,000 free, essentially, assuming the peg returns. Then now I just have like, you know, $10,000 extra and I can buy whatever I want with it. So, um, Assuming there's sufficient trust in the system and there's enough liquidity for arbitrage, people will buy it when it's low and sell it when it's high, external to the Luna peg mechanism. So hopefully everyone understands that too. So there's two general mechanisms, arbitrage, uh, buying buying when it's low, selling when it's high to restore peg, and additionally, um, the Luna mint burn mechanism that does the same thing. That happens on chain. Um, Then... Finally, uh, and exchanges and professional ARBs can do the, both these mechanisms and make quite a bit of money doing it, actually. Um, it's a bunch of free money, <laughs> long story short. But, the, um, but then now we have like the Bitcoin reserve, uh, essentially, that's being like put together by LFG Foundation. And what they're doing is going to be like a way to, let's say, the UST depegs to the downside. Let's say, you know, it goes to 98 cents. Then people have the ability to buy Bitcoin um, 
with that 98 cents, but they'll be able to buy BTC 2% cheaper. So the professional ARBs can essentially go and convert UST, you know, and there's professional arbitrage um, organizations between lots of centralized exchanges and DEXs and whatnot, by the way, there's, that's a whole nother discussion, but basically there'll be people that will go back in the background and convert by BTC at a discount such that um, it'll take UST off the market and LFG will sort of become a central bank and hold that UST. And they're trying to automate that system ultimately. And people, you know, there's people trying to figure out how to do that. But there's also lots of other mechanisms too, like the curve pool, you know, that got a lot of attention the last couple of weeks. And um, the basically more widespread UST is, the more DEXs it's on, the more, our, the more like robotic trading happens. Um, essentially it just becomes money at some point. Like there's not a, um, the, the chance of DPEG goes further and further down. The more, um, the more Luna's value goes up, the bigger the Bitcoin pool becomes and just the more popular UST and more widespread it becomes. Right. Cause like imagine if you guys have a little bit of UST in your wallet, right. And you have millions of users with UST in their wallet. Do you guys pay attention to every penny in your wallet every day? Like it's sitting there doing nothing, right? If there was a little bit of DPEG in the middle of the night, you're going to notice? No, it, the you know, coin's going to go back to PEG. Everyone's not running for the bank, right? If anything, at most, what? Like a bank run would constitute, what, 10% of UST at any given moment, right? So you don't have to have enough um, liquidity to cover an entire the entirety of UST, right? You just need to have enough liquidity to hold the PEG, right? at the so liquidity at the peg is what it's called um and basically that can be done with btc that can be done with luna it can be done with outright cash whatever there has to be someone that buys ust when it goes down right and that's pretty much it and and nobody really cares about like ust depegging to the upside um because you can just basically burn more luna to create more ust if there's demand right it's when the supply is in excess that the issue emerges. So mo there's been other algorithmic stable coins that have basically death spiraled, right? So there's, um, but the reason that's happened is because like those stable coins, nobody was using for shit, right? They were just purely speculative instruments. So when they go down, like people freak out. And of course, you know, both the backing asset and the primary asset goes down simultaneously because like if let's say UST depegs and it goes to 30 cents, I'm just making this up. Obviously faith in Luna is going to get affected and people short that too. Right. So that's the, that's the death spiral concern. Um, but like there's quite a lot being done to prevent that from happening essentially. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Th thanks for, thanks for explaining that Sefi. And I, we had it, we had earlier before you came in, we had a conversation about stable coins and how, you know, there's some people in other ecosystems that don't really want to talk about UST because it's more of a tribal thing. And it's just there's 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 some uh, gameplay going on behind the scenes with stable coins that I think a lot of us are just really don't know really what's going on. But I, I definitely feel it's in, I would love to talk to someone with traditional finance background to just talk yeah. about arbitrage because most the people don't understand. Yeah, the reason why Tether and Circle, Tether and um, USDC long term won't work is basically the idea that you're going to hold collateral in the background for these coins makes them uh, inherently uns like non scalable. For example, like let's, say, let's say right. you need a, yeah, because realistically for crypto, you're going to need a trillion dollar market cap 
plus for stables, right? That's going to be the, yeah. one of the most prominent use cases. Yeah, you want to scale so, up to be able to get in as yeah. many wallets as possible. Yeah, but think of it this way. Who in their right mind is going to have, hold a trillion, like literally flat dollars, earning nothing, backing it one-to-one, taking the inflation risk? Nobody's going to do this. Like, there is zero incentive for someone to do this. To park that amount of capital. To park exactly, that amount of capital. Exactly. And not only, not only park it, but just subjecting to inflation with no actual deployment of that to make you any money. If you had a trillion dollars, would you sit it there and do nothing with it? No, of course not. It doesn't make any sense. So this is the problem with... Uh, so if we don't have an algorithmic stablecoin, um, then we don't have any stablecoins at all. Um, the Bitcoin crowd would argue that, well, um, you know, BTC, one BTC will equal one BTC one day in some fantasy land, you know, years from now when obviously like, you know, there's, you know, there's no volatility left in BTC and it ultimately stabilizes, right? That's the theory. The problem with that is that like that's, you know. 50 to 100 years yeah. from now maybe yeah, long ways away that's a long yeah. ways away but but for now what are you going to do like you know people are using stable coins and not only that but tether is the number one volume right in the in the in crypto it's like more than it's like double btc's volume on a given day yeah so that's the story we're that we're stuck in hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Steffi, I, I i got a question for you so it, it sounds like you're super well versed in this luna you know the whole luna yield farming situation and um so i'm really not i just you know i stake i stake mostly cosmo you know like luna and cosmo and osmos and and you know i i stick to you know i i stick to the these different coins like i mean is there anything in um the terra station or you know that you know of that are like paying 84 you know percent like or you know, other, yeah. you know, high percentage rates that like Juno and, you know, like quality uh, projects that you can stake and actually make that much in Luna. I mean, because we're, We were talking earlier, you can stake Ethereum and Luna themselves along with another coin. I'm quite a fan of PSI for like, it was averaging around 200% APY. Recently. But you got to like remember, at- you got to remember a lot of these coins are, you know, within co- the ecosystem, they're inflationary tokens and that's the difference with with terra it's a deflationary it's deflationary so i might, well, I might make one no a lot of the terra alts are very inflationary yeah, yeah. true true I, yeah i would wait i would make a recommendation um to folks that look at those apys um the uh apys by themselves are truly meaningless um it, like the best way in DeFi to lose money is actually to focus on that. <laughs> like the, uh, the it's it's a complete like many of the APYs are um, can be super super misleading and can be um, uh, really like you 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 will um, over the long range view you will get wrecked if you if you focus on that because um, you're not getting inflationary APYs as a ways to make money. You're not making inflationary APYs as a way to um, like earn cash flow or whatever. Um, this, this is not how you think of this. Inflationary APYs in crypto are meant to for, for you, the staker, to keep your portion of the network growing while the person who doesn't stake uh, basically has their coins inflated away into oblivion. So 
as a staker in an inflationary network, you're actually mainly like just sort of walking on a treadmill to stand still. Because if you wait a number of years, what will typically happen, especially if you don't have a fixed supply, um, you'll wind up like kind of uh, the, the price appreciation of your coin will be affected. You may not notice it during a bull run, right? Or when a coin first gets introduced because everyone's aping into it and the, the price goes up. And then not only that, but the APY numbers look amazing then, right? Because you're paid in the coin that you're your your uh your you know value is determined by so you're like wow look at this money it's like flowing in like uh you know magic internet like rain. Money. <laughs> it's, it's coming like rain you know but yeah but what happens during sell-offs is the uh there's a lot of extra coin laying around right so people have coin in their wallet and they're like hey look you know um i want to make some money at the top and i'm going to sell some of my staking yield so what you'll notice is that like inflationary coins um they will have a tendency to be um kind of crushed unless there's a compelling reason to stake them. So take, for example, um, the Atom token. Um, one of the reasons I think it hasn't, uh, it hasn't plummeted as much as it could, um, you know, from inflation perspective, is because shared staking is coming out, right? Where you're going to be able to get yields off your Atom for staking from um, validators who actually are like validating multiple chains. So that that provides a new sort of like holding pressure for Adam, and it gives you an outsized um, yield benefit. In fact, like Adam was one of the most um, lucrative coins in the past uh, last year. Actually, I know everyone like all these other coins get a lot of uh, excitement, but if you look at like if you just held your airdrops of Osmo and whatever that you know that emerged from uh, Adam, people did really really well, right? Like. Um, extraordinarily so. It's actually one of the best performing, but you wouldn't have known it. Um, so there's a lot of different components. Like that's an like that's a token where, you know, if utility shows up, right, you're going to have maybe some rationale behind inflationary um, tokenomics. So um, yeah, any, any any coin that has like an inflationary tokenomic or like high APY, you just have to really really think through. Um, what that means and like when you're asking me like questions like well you know are there really high apys um uh it, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve and how long you plan to hold the coin and that kind of thing so there is an entire like way to invest in inflationary coins that um that in my view there's no substitute for exponential dca when it comes to inflationary coins and so how you buy these things is really really important you don't just like throw your entire life savings into something for sure because it has high apy you have to really there's a way to sort of buy into it um in larger amounts as the price drops because since the inflationary rewards um are paid in kind for a lot of these coins like osmo or atom um, you'd want to acquire them like way, way, you'd, you'd want a lot more on the way down, right? So if you bought 10 bucks worth of, I don't know, Adam at uh, 30 bucks, right? You'd want to buy, you know, let's say it drops 7 to 10%. You'd want to buy like, um, you know, 20 bucks. And then it drops another 7 to 10%. You want to buy 40, 80, 160. You got to go really exponential because that's just how this works. If you just simply go, you know, I'm going to buy it and hold it. 
um, you know, and, and price sort of continues to go downward and stays there because of inflation, you're going to get really, um, you're going to be pretty upset. So <laughs> there, there is an entire method to that. But with uh, Terra or any other blockchain, you're going to have all sorts of tokenomics. You're going to have good projects. You have bad projects. You have shit tokenomics. You have great tokenomics. Um, and um, the, each project has to be weighed, and each LP for that matter, within a certain DEX has to be weighed based on the different merits of that project, the coins that you're investing in that LP, the inflationary rewards. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like thinking that goes into that to be very successful. Like I make it a point to never lose any money. And and the reason I like I'm able to do that is because like there's a strategy for every single type of project and coin that I'm trying to buy. Um, and so there is a lot um, of caution that goes into sort of picking those. And if you're not sure, throw 10 bucks at it, not 10 million. Right. Like, like you know, like it's, it's fine to sort of experiment and play around. Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the best examples of the high inflationary coins is like some of the, what's happening to some of the, the the meme coins like right now within Cosmos. It's like they have v extremely high inflation, but when the market goes down, like a lot of people are just going to dump on the coin and, th and there's just no there's no buy support for the coin. But but I also, I also hear what you're saying to Seppi uh, that like within the Cosmos ecosystem, it's like there's this grand experiment, like each chain is a sovereign layer one chain each chain can set its own tokenomics so you know the the three things you want to look at when you're investing is the 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 technology if you really believe in the technology you're like yeah this is going to get network effect and i believe this is going to be a major level one you know three years from although, now that, although, you know, although you do you have to be careful there too because a lot of times everybody's like white paper sounds like hot shit right like, like it, it all um, looks good on paper it, it all looks good on paper and when people are talking about it everything sounds awesome and you know every, you know everyone's got their like rosy story about every coin so the, it is very difficult for like tech non-savvy people or someone who's kind of new to the space or whatever to really uh, sort all this shit out quite frankly but uh, let, me, let me give an example of why uh, i think a good case study would be why is luna going up right because in my opinion, it has the, like, uh, at this moment, at least as far as I can tell, the number one tokenomic of all time. Like, so there, there are reasons why it's going up. And I think a lot of protocols are going to learn from what uh, Terra has done in terms of token design. Um, and, you know, uh, you're going to, it's going to be the basis for comparison for practically everything. So basically, after I discovered Luna about sometime early last year, um, and once you sort of get down that rabbit hole and you finally figure it out, you're like, holy shit, like everything's going to zero versus Luna eventually if that's if this exists. Right. Like you you sort of come to this realization that, holy shit, like, um, you know, uh, this is how a token should be designed. Right. Like, So I'll give an example of ways that reasons why, um, uh, you know, Luna tokenomics makes sense. There's a fixed supply. Uh, a billion is the max supply. And, uh, and that number, by the way, doesn't matter a million, a billion. That's not the point. Like the point is what happens to those coins. So in the case of UST Luna, if you create upwards of infinite amounts of UST for, you have to burn, um, $1 worth of Luna to create one US $1 worth of UST at any given moment. Right. So it, the primary function of the, the, of, of Luna is to, mint ust ust um theoretically 
would be the number one product in the world because technically who wants who doesn't want money right so like it creates the literal one thing that everyone's actually looking looking for which is money so a, a, cheap, actually, a cheap medium of exchange yeah and that's but that's but, what the world needs is but, but it, we're not talking look savings it, yeah, yeah we're not talking savings right yeah but but if you think about it like it's it's Luna is by definition a money printer. It'd be like owning the Federal Reserve, right? It is actually that's its core function, and and the product it creates, uh, UST, it can be used on any other chain, right? Like it can use on Ethereum. It can be used anywhere in the cosmos. It can be used on centralized exchanges. There, it can so you use anywhere, and it's a basically a decentralized stablecoin. So, so one, it create it. There is a function of the Luna. Um, to create UST. So the burn mechanism is not like some fabricated reflection. It is not just a burn mechanism just to burn something, right? Like it, it actually, the, the burn mechanism has a specific use case. Yeah, use use case. case. <laughs> yeah, you can't just have reflections and burn mechanisms that don't have a purpose just to make the supply go down arbitrarily. It, it doesn't quite work. Um, so, so one is it's deflationary. As long as UST is being minted, the amount of Luna is going down. So it started a billion coins. It's now at about seven hundred and you know thirty seven hundred forty million coins remaining. And in other words, the higher Luna's price goes, the more UST that can be minted with it. The more UST that is minted, um, the more Luna's burned. Supply goes down. Of course, you get recurrent supply shocks. Price keeps rising. Um, and therefore you can, you know, so if I want to go mint a billion dollars worth of, um, uh, uh, UST today as an exchange, I would need to go and like buy myself a billion dollars of the Luna and burn it in theory, because I'm not going to be able to get it that much UST just simply by going to another exchange and grabbing it. Right. Cause it's going to, it's going to depeg if I do that, cause I'm going to buy too much at one time. Right. So you're going to need to buy Luna to burn to, to load up your exchange with UST. So the, the coin counts falling. So you essentially create a asymptotic curve towards infinity for Luna's price while you create an asymptotic curve towards infinity for stable coin supply. And the supply of Luna is falling asymptotic to zero, meaning it can, it's never going to go to zero, but it can get closer and closer to it, right? Like, for example, when there's only 100 million Luna left, right, they're going to be way more expensive. And it's going to take a lot more UST adoption to get from like 100 million Luna to 50 million left over, right? Because it's going to get increasingly expensive to buy. And you can, so that's kind of the idea. So, um, so the tokenomics um, are deflationary. Supply count goes down. There's a rationale behind the whole thing. On top of that, Luna has yield, staking yield, um, which uh, gives it another sort of function, right? The staking function, uh, securing the network governance, and then you, all of those usual things that you know proof of stake assets have. And um, what you're getting um, is the yield from the seniorage, which is like a fee that. Um, uh, was was accumulated from the burn mechanism from Luna to UST and transaction fees and whatnot accumulated in a big pool and that's being emitted as uh, yield at this point which is around seven percent and here's the other magic thing Luna's yield is not inflationary those are actual revenues from the network that are being given to you right for staking that's a big difference right if I stake my atom I'm just getting more atom in the form of like inflationary yield. 
Um, if I stake my Cardano, I'm getting Cardano in the form of inflationary yield. So that's a big, big difference, right? This is not newly minted Luna. It's actually Luna that was actually um, collected as part of a, a fee. It's recycled. I think that's recycled. one of the, the hugest things, actually, that is like a difference. Like, do you want yeah. to touch a little bit? Like, I know that in the beginning, I think there's still a massive part of it, but like <clears throat> Chai alone is like responsible for some large portion of like income you might get from Luna staking, right? Just no, no. The China, the, the China network used to be a thing. Like, it, it's not really an important factor anymore. It was a small yeah. like, bootstrapping okay. strategy early on in South Korea where they did this thing and they had like a payment processing thing. But at this point, like, the main thing is going to be um, if transactions on the network increase, right? And they've been going up parabolically, by the way. Between November and now, like, there's been like a, you know, f- you know, uh, like from I think 20 billion to like 90 billion, you know, transaction increase cumulative over that period. So the, the transactions on the network will basically go to paying you the staker, but there are no inflationary yields. So there's no, there's no massive increase in supply of Luna entering the, the ecosystem. Right. So that's another feature of Terra. Um, another feature of an amazing, uh, tokenomic, by the way, we talked about it earlier was collateral function, right? If you have, uh, like, for example, your car is not usually a very good asset because it's it's depreciating. You can't, like, post it as collateral, right? If I own a, you know, BMW or whatever and I'm rolling around in it and I go to someone and say, hey, you know what? I need to, like, collateralize this. And what are you going to take it to a pawn shop, right? Like, who the hell is going to collateralize your car? Almost nobody, right? So, um, at least not not quickly, right? So, the beauty of Luna is you can borrow off it instantaneously. So, if I have a million bucks with Luna, and I want to borrow like half a million dollars and go buy a house. That's my business. I can do that within 30 seconds. Done. Right. That's the power of crypto. If your crypto is not collateral, it might as well be worth zero. I'm going to tell you this right now. Any crypto you're in that doesn't function as collateral, um, it is inferior to something that does function as collateral. Period. End of story. Why? Why is this? It's because if it functions as collateral, then there'll be a second reason to hold it besides staking yield. Right. Right. If I can yeah, borrow or a third or a fourth, like in addition yeah. to what other in addition to the yeah, yeah, in addition to the in addition to the fact that um so here's another interesting like tidbit you might not know. If you go on Terra Station and you hit the market um buy or sell, you're actually minting and burning Luna. So you actually can yeah. do you can literally uh go from stablecoin to Luna without a DEX. You don't need TerraSwap, you don't need um you don't need to go to Astroport. It's entirely sovereign. As long as you have an internet connection, you don't even have to have a functioning DEX and you can swap directly between. Imagine being able to swap between Bitcoin and stablecoin um, on a whim without any exchange, without Binance, without Coinbase, without nothing, right? That's decentralization. That power in of itself is rarely spoken about, actually, if you think about it. And um, I, I think that's a very powerful sort of extra feature. But anyway, the, the, so all of these functions of a, a coin um, are kind of how you want to look at this. Is there revenue from the system? Is there, like, in other words, how is the staking revenue being printed? Is it just like magic money where it's just like, you know, tokenomic inflationary rewards? So uh, a lot of Cosmos coins are inflationary tokenomics. Now, some of them are limited, like 
I think Osmos has a, you know, max supply and there, there's some other, you know, um, you know, they're, they're creating systems whereby it's inflationary to help bootstrap adoption. But, um, but then later, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, but later we'll kind of slow down that inflation. Uh, but then when the inflation slows down, guys are going to say, wait, how, how come I'm not making 80% APY anymore? Um, you know, and then they're going to like the mad, the thing about DeFi has been everyone run around looking for high APYs and not looking at a more important metric. And that metric is, is this APY sustainable? Yeah. Um, where is that money coming from? Is that going to be something that's going to eventually drive value back to the system or not? Um, is like the inflationary. Example, yeah. The example with osmosis is they're hoping that when their like inflation goes to zero, that swap fees alone, like they'll have enough right. volume that that can be the incentive, but every project has whatever they think will be their long-term solution. And that's sort of sure. the thing you're saying to look into is like, don't just look at their APY, look at how they are expecting this APY to perform long-term. Sure. And I'm not, fight, I'm not fighting osmosis yeah. at all. I mean, Sunny and no, no, I know you're super smart. Um, the, the, their idea is essentially to get, you know, uh, you know, a billion users on Dosmosis, in which case the swap fees are going to be more than enough for LPers at that point. Um, but, you know, if, if you had an LP, um, the, so yeah, there's, there's so many different, um, sort of elements to this, but, um, um, ultimately even on the LPs, right? Like imagine if you have random shitcoin and you pair it with UST. Are you willing to lose your UST as an LP provider without outsized rewards? Probably not, because you're going to get impermanent loss. You're going to get loss to the downside if the coin goes down. In fact, if the coin goes down, forget about impermanent loss. You're, you have actual loss, <laughs> and it's really terrible, right? So you don't even want to do LPs on high APY stuff if the you know the coins you're pairing with are crap coins. So... Um, what's happened in defi over the last few years is like the the lp the liquidity providers for many coins are like fuck this i don't want to be like exposed to these wacky ass coins with you know like so professional lpers are not getting involved with crap coins to provide liquidity they expect protocols to provide their own liquidity like in other words you go find a venture capitalist throw a billion dollars in there provide the liquidity uh, like, you know, and then a bunch of retail idiots that we come in and like, you know, you know, go provide liquidity for things. Um, whereas like our, our, our benefits are actually oftentimes long run, you know, not there. Like, you know, so a lot of people lose a lot of money in LPs and stuff because they don't know how to consider which LPs to join and, and these kinds of things too. So when it comes to ecosystems, yeah, there's the main coin, there's the individual coins for those platforms. And then there's like LPing those things as liquidity providers for other types of yield. And um, uh, yeah, each each like thing has its own pros and cons and has to be really, really carefully like divided up. Like think about it, like just for Prism, right? Like how many conversations have we had on here about Prism? Like a dozen? Still don't know how the, you know, how many different permutations of how, you know, of, uh, but we've discovered one thing by talking about it a lot is that there's a lot of good tokenomics in the coin, right? So like the way it was designed, it was meant to hold value and it was meant to provide uh, more power to the holder of the coin. So, uh, you know, whereby like there's a reason why the the price should maintain um, over time, even though the the team has like half the coins. Like, so 
which is not always bad necessarily because then you have a stable, sustainable way to actually have someone fund the damn project in the, in the long run, right? So there's different elements to that. Um, decentralization, centralization is not always the only battle. It's the, the real battle is centralized or decentralized. Is it a good investment for you, right? Like that's what matters. Like, like, you know, you can have a pie in the sky vision of what the protocol should be, but like, if it doesn't have investor friendly tokenomics, then you're going to get fucked and you don't want to get fucked. <laughs> you want to be the one winning here, not losing. So, hey, anyway. uh, hey, so, so, so hey, Stephanie, hey. I have, I have a question for you. I'm, you know, I'm super, uh, like well-versed in the Cosmo ecosphere and I have a bunch of Luna that I don't even have staked. And, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, you're pretty knowledgeable about this whole Luna um, yield farming. So where, where would I do, like, where, where could you point me to the right direction to get information to like basically yield farm on Luna and get, you know, get more involved in the, like in the whole Luna. Do, do you mean yield farming or you're talking about just staking? Well, both. Because they're, they're different things. Um, There's some good YouTubers that, that have got some so, good information. So for JT to like yield farming, obviously as a general term, does cover staking like just because you are farming a yield but in general people mean that term to kind of like colloquially mean yield coming from like liquidity pools or other sort of on-chain secondary dApp sources whereas opposed to staking um you are right staking is a form of yield farming technically but that's sort of just how we differentiate the terms yeah but are you looking to maybe do both of those things if if you simply yeah, want to I'm actually looking this. to do both, you know, and it sounds like Sefi knows about it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. like where do you, where do you stake <laughs> a and little bit. where do you, what LPs do you uh, put your shit in, you know? Sure. <laughs> don't simple, give them, simple. Sefi, don't give them the multi-layered one. Let's yeah. Keep it simple, simple, simple staking is just simply grabbing a Terra Station wallet, uh, sending your Luna from Osmosis to Terra Station, uh, which is compatible and you'll be able to basically, um, uh, you can stake right in the wallet or you can, you know, there's a variety of other, mm -hmm. uh, things you can do, but, um, and then the, the primary decentralized exchanges that have good rates for staking various forms of Luna would be Astroport and, uh, you like Stater? Uh, Stater is basically an, uh, a staking auto compounder. So yeah, Stater Labs is good. Yep. You can basically just stake there and um, it'll automatically recompound all your yields. You don't have to claim anything. You just let it ride and um, you don't have to have like, you know, a bunch of taxable events and other crap. You just like just park it there in a, in a validator set and it will also, automatically Sefi, Do you compound. use a uh, restake? Probably not. Like, I don't know how much straight up Luna you have staked, but like, it's just a, a compounder for normal staking. It's like a cosmos thing for any cosmos chain that has off C enabled. Um, yeah, I have, I'm not, I haven't used it. Um, I probably, I probably should. <laughs> is yeah. that is that the only like problem? Is there's or? not a ton of validators on Terra that support it, but I think it's because the Terra ecosystem doesn't know that Restake supports it, like that it's a thing. Well, while Stater is like awesome, it is it is its own version of staking that auto compounds. Yeah, like, the re the reason why I'm... Luna can't be staked outside of Terra is because right. Terra, unfortunately, because it was one of the first smart contract platforms on Cosmos. Um, it hasn't fully actually implemented um, like the absolute most functionality of IBC yet. It has I a different that, SDK. 
Like it's yeah. a modified Cosmos SDK. Yeah, yeah they, they exactly. haven't opened, they haven't opened the doors wide open yet. But hey, real quick, Sefi, just I know it's getting a little late, but just I, I wanted to pull out and do a little macro look at things. You know, it, it fascinated fascinated me the way you said that. Um, you know, Terra is kind of like a digital, you know, bank that's just you know you know you want as much UST stable coins out there as possible just as a, a, a means of um, transacting like in, in in the grand scheme of things you know that's why the u.s dollar which is backed by nothing you know they're just going to print it into oblivion you know that's that's the only that's the only direction that the the federal reserve can go like they yeah. like there's just yeah. so much by yeah, the way this ahead. is why i don't this is why i don't really i don't have a whole lot of ust sitting around i have like 50 bucks in my wallet for fees Right, like <laughs> almost all of my um, assets on Terra are like they're, in some form of Luna or in some of the best tokenomic coins on Terra. Um, you're putting your capital to work. You want you want your capital working for exactly. You. I'm not so. In crypto which is to what? Own yeah. What are your which best one? coins yeah. on Luna? Like in particular, come on, dude. Spill no, out, bro. no, no, <laughs> no investment you. advice. Obviously, for everyone, but I'm particularly curious in what you think about PSI and Nexus because I've had great results with them in Spectrum. It's kind of what I've been talking about tonight. Sure. Um, um, I think so. Number one, there's things that are great, and then there's things that are great because their price is appropriate now, right? Like there's two different yes. things. So, like, uh, you know, yes. I would say at this moment, um, Spectrum Protocols coin is set up pretty nicely. Um, the, the, I think the price is still reasonable. The 180 staking, 180 day lockup for staking yield um, minimum nets you like uh, at current spectrum price around 30% APY, which I, and it's paid in UST, which is like obviously not in some other coin. So that's pretty nice. So I got, I've parked some in spectrum in the token. I talked about this in a spaces with Lucky over here in like maybe two weeks ago when it was like a dollar cheaper than it is now. So like <laughs> it, uh, yeah. but it's still, as long as the yield paid in UST makes sense, actually, right? It's still, good. it's still good. But, like, PSI. but here's the thing, but think about it this way. When specs price goes up by another dollar or $2, right? The net relative yield in UST is going to go down. So your APY number is going to look worse. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but you don't care about that because you bought it now at today's price. That even if your percent APY, go, like is listed, is going down, you're still actually getting the same amount of UST. That makes sense. Because it's listed as a percentage of what your spec is worth at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not what paid about- in spec. You see the difference? So, so that's what's different about that. So, how do you know that you're getting spec cheap? It's because the UST you're getting paid out in, you're getting a 30% yield, which is damn good. And then you can do whatever the heck you want with that 30%. That's true cash flow, right? It's coming from the the actual network. Activity. But you're, you're locked in so for that, 180 days, right, Tim, on that one? You're locked in for 180 days? To get days. the maximum rate, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Spectrum. yeah. So, so anyway, that's one of the things I did. Again, you know, do your research, okay, whatever it is, was- but... That was lovely. I love you, Steffi. That was an awesome breakdown of sort of spec. I was actually more curious about PSI though, because I use Spectrum so, to manage a lot of liquidity that's half yeah. PSI. Yeah, PSI. Um, now, when it first came now. out, right? Yeah, not when it first, yeah. <laughs> but just to, just to give uh, JTH the story here, when it first came out, the price pumped like crazy. A bunch of us bought it on the way up, and um, it pumped way too high because it was just too illiquid. 
And the APYs on the farms were like freaking, you know, hundreds of percentage, you know, crazy numbers, right? So everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get some PSI and farm these crazy APY, APYs, but they're paid in the coin. So people, you know, didn't understand how APs worked, bought too much of it, and then got wrecked. And now the price of the coin is like, you know, 10% of what it, it actually it was at the top. It bottomed a couple like months, of, or it seems like it has. It's on the rise yeah. again. So it bottomed out. Um, they, <coughs> um, and I think what's happened is is that the the token emissions have um, caught up to the actual protocol buying back their token. Um, it's like they equilibrium. Added some, yeah, it got it. You can't. Yeah, it went to equilibrium at about three cents. Now it's about five, I think. And it's it looks like it's kind of up only now, relatively speaking, because like. The protocol itself is buying back token and it's accumulating a treasury. They they executed some bonds on Pylon Gateway. And long story short, the PSA token's value has been sort of like climbing lately. The APY for staking, it's about 10%. Now, remember, that's inflationary 10%. Yeah. And there's also PSI airdrops for um, like Luna holders. There's PSI airdrops for Ank holders. They, now, some- they just started airdrops for LPing on their own like platform. Right. And so there's so many emissions was my point. Like, yeah. And those emissions are inflationary. So, um, just that's something to keep in mind. Like it's those inflationary rewards. Yeah. I like to think I got maybe lucky, partly strategy, but like I put in a shitload of ETH and Luna into their two pools matched with PSI when I felt like it had bottomed, like, yeah, but but, there, but the thing is, the question you have to ask yourself is not so much what are the APYs and blah, blah, blah. What you have to ask yourself is what does Nexus do? What does a protocol do? What does it do that's going to allow it to grow and like build revenue over time, right? These are the important questions people have to ask themselves, not like, you know, which yeah, coin yeah. go up? Because, you know, like, and that's, that's what I think I was asking. It's <laughs> so, because I so know Nexus, what Nexus does from my research, but yeah, you probably yeah, Nex- know that. Nexus has a lot of smart people in it. Um, I've spoken to yeah. them personally, and uh, they, um, they're, they're building a lot of um, sort of interesting utilities uh, that, you know, bring in, like, for example, Ethereum folks right into Nexus can bring Ethereum in, connect their wallet, and actually, um, uh, like essentially get uh, use Ethereum as collateral and anchor and immediately get like uh, UST yield off of that, for example. So that's going to be popular. So they're building in more and more value accrual mechanisms to the Nexus token. That's the key, right? Because it's one thing to have a bunch of inflation and um, like help bootstrap adoption and widespread um, holding of the coin. So uh, that's great and everything, but you have to eventually beat the inflation rate of the coin by having more people want to hold it for whatever reason. And um, uh, and then like the protocol itself is going to be buying back lots of PSI along the way. Um, and they're building a lot of interesting um, sort of like protocols and strategies within their um, system, which are, which you know, hopefully will bring value to the coin, right? But remember right now, because Luna's gone up like crazy, uh, people are borrowing off their Luna and buying all sorts of shit. So during a kind of a bull market for this chain, everything goes up, right? But you want to be careful just buying something because it's on the way up because how are you going to know when to sell it, right? Are you going to hold it forever? Are you going to sell it? Are you going to yield farm it? What are you going to do? You only want to hold something long-term if you really believe the project has something going for it, right? Yeah, and just by going That's to the website, 
impermanent. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. Like when people ask me about it, I like I focus on a lot of like very newbie stuff and like helping people just get in. So like one of the questions I get asked most is just about impermanent loss. And that is my take is like pick something where you're confident about both of the things in the pool so that exactly. impermanent loss isn't even a loss. It's just like inbuilt the uh, diversification. Just like dynamic. exactly. It's basically yep. a rebalancer at that point. Yes. You you want both coins and it's just like um it's balancing between the two pools. Right. So, so that's my mindset. I like yeah. what Nexus is doing so far. So like, let's say Luna goes crazy tomorrow and my N Luna PSI pool, you know, gives yeah, me a and, lot more and, PSI and to, because like, I'm okay with that. And to answer his question, you know, the other ones that were, um, that, that are really, really well-backed projects on Terra are, um, are uh, Mars Protocol and um, Astroport. Now, yeah. I caution you in these and that, you know, Astroport's kind of had a pretty good run up and so has Mars. I don't, I don't know if they're going to continue to go up or not uh, right now. Um, there's a huge number of things coming to Astroport and Mars, which would suggest to me that they're still undervalued. If you look at them from the perspective of like years from now, could they be overvalued for this moment in time? Yeah, maybe. So, um, you know, just, you know, word of caution, um, like anything, if you're not sure you should ease into it or you know what, if you're not sure, don't do it at all. <laughs> like, you know, because uh, you should allocate. So, which... so, hey, so Seth, check this out. If somebody, if somebody asked me, if they said, Hey, listen, um, I got 50 grand that I don't give a shit about. Like, where should I put it in cosmos? You know, my, my answer would be, listen, put it on Juno and stake it and forget about it, you know, because I, you know, I believe in Juno and I, I know what it's going to do. And I, I think it's, you know, just a fabulous, you know, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. I know what it's going to do. So no, if and, I was going to ask you, Seth, and actually Juno, Juno's market cap, relatively speaking, is still kind of quote unquote early. Um, um, if you see lots and lots of developments happening on Juno um, that will bring value to the chain, then, um, you know, you're taking a relatively low risk over a long time frame if you believe in the chain, right? So again, with an inflationary coin in um, with an unknown like global market, I would say that if you have like a really long time horizon, like you said, you're going to park it, stake it, forget about it, maybe earn a bunch of airdrops and whatnot along the way, stake all of those too, then you you may do fine. Um, but yeah, I, again, so if I, I was going to ask you at, the same thing about I Luna, looked at Juno's chart. <laughs> Yeah, no, but if I was going to ask you the same thing about Luna, would, would you, I mean, would you buy Luna, park it, stake it, and forget about it? Or would you buy Mars or Astroport, stake it, oh, and forget about it? That's the question. Definitely have some Luna, like, for sure. Those should be, Mars and those things should be your secondary. Yeah, Luna's definitely number one, I would say, um, only because, Even like, at this price? It's yes. like it's yeah, because it's not like like Ethereum you could compare in the way where it's like, oh, it's asking if you want to buy this ERC twenty on Ethereum versus Ethereum. It's like, yeah, you're gonna trust Ethereum more, but does it actually have more growth potential? Like maybe not. But it's different with Luna because it's not bound by its market cap, which is why Ethereum in theory would have less growth potential than like a new small ERC twenty. Yeah, if you're talking about just Luna, the price yeah, if yeah. you're talking about just the price appreciation, um, um, 
you know, Luna doing a 10x in a year, year and a half would not be unheard of at all. In and that's words, because uh, the market cap would not be doing a 10x, like to be clear with everyone. Right. It and that is to. what usually is the barrier to assets of any kind appreciating to like a great respect is not their price, but their market cap. Uh, it's not just the it's not just the market cap. Also, it's also the um, it, it, most projects don't have that kind of adoption, right? People yeah, like focus yeah, on the market cap. No, I mean the market cap of Apple is what it is because you know a lot of people like smartphones and shit, right? So I just meant at a super like fundamental yeah, level. Yeah, right, right, right. But you, it's not so much that market caps like just become too big to get bigger. It's just that um, most much of the time high market caps imply saturation. The thing is, yeah, UST, um, the thinking is that UST demand could be uh, something like, you know, uh, $100 billion UST market cap would be not any, like that would be like straightforward. Like Tether right now is 80, USDC is like 50, right? Like getting to 100 billion market cap UST in a couple of years is considered Easy. totally sane. Yeah, so in that, in that regard, programmed, you could say you can say programmed. Yeah, I mean, it's almost inevitable, assuming that you think DeFi is inevitable. Um, so in that respect, assuming no other drama, Luna's valuation can rationally get to thousand plus in no time, like within a couple, within a year, year and a half. That's feasible. OK, so um, it's not any different than, by the way, Ethereum going from like, you know, 50 bucks to what it is now over the course of a few years, right? Just it's not unheard of at all. And if you actually know what's happening on Terra, you're talking about some of the brightest minds in crypto building on Terra, right? It's not like just a bunch of, um, it's, it's it's not a clown show there. Like you don't have a lot of rug pulls and bullshit, right? Like you really have some of the smartest people. Oh, Sefi, is, so. this is like a very basic question. I literally could just Google this, but I keep forgetting. Like, is Terra a permissioned blockchain or why don't we see any rug pulls and shit projects? Is anyone allowed to build on Terra or no? Yeah, any, anyone can anyone can build. And by the way, there will be rug pulls and bullshit. Um, I think there but was one recently. Like, in, like Juno had them immediately as soon as Juno swap was a thing. Terra seems yeah. every project I've heard of, if not long term, like feasible is at least legit. Yeah, it, it takes some time to get, I guess, the Rust developers needed. And then, you know, a lot of the projects on Terra were, I mean, for the longest time, nobody knew what Terra was, right? Like only the, like, but a lot of I remember of I saw Luna way back in the day. I was like, <laughs> oh, another L1. I ain't even exactly. looking into it. <laughs> right. It just it just seems like just yet another L1. You don't realize what, until you're like really in the thick of it. You're like, holy shit, there's a lot of people on this. Like in it's the not until I saw UST and I was like, oh, another stable coin. All right. I'll, I think I think that's how I found Luna as I was like, all right, I'll at least look into this UST one. Like, what's this? And I was like, oh, wait, it's related to that Luna thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it shouldn't yeah. it shouldn't have been a, like, uh, I, I guess the fact that um, so many major VC firms decided they're going to throw money into various projects on Terra should have yeah. told you something, you know, but it wasn't obvious to me until I started having conversations with people on Twitter spaces. And I'm like, holy fuck, like there's yep. lots of people on here. <laughs> like, you know, so like you don't know this, like just by looking at the white paper or just going to the website, right? These are not hey, nuances. Speaking of Twitter spaces. So, I've been going for four or four hours now, so I'm going to need to shut this down soon. I need to go to bed. 
But a couple people hopped up here who I think have questions we haven't gotten to. So I do want to let them pop in, whether it's for me or for Sefi, if he's willing to stick around a couple more minutes. And, but, and by uh, the way, this, this wasn't a, like necessarily meant to be some massive Luna shill session. I'm just saying like when you go out to find uh, various coins, um, I would consider Luna to be a good reference point for like an elite tokenomic. And then you ask yourself for the various other coins you're looking at, how good is it them. compared to Luna? <laughs> yeah, no, but the mechanism, the mechanism is what I'm saying, is, yeah. is really an elite tokenomic. Then you look at the other coins and say, okay, wait, what elements of this do, what elements of Luna do these coins have and which ones are they missing? And if they're missing them, why? And, you know, so that's how you start evaluating. Like, you, you have to be a tokenomics expert to make any money in this field. I'm just telling you guys right now, like, if you just don't <laughs> yeah. want to do any research, but it's like not just doing your own research. I mean, like serious research in terms of like what makes a half decent tokenomic. And I think as a case study, if you learn what Luna is, you can use that as a way to like compare everything else and you'll be much happier. Trust me on this. Yeah, not just what it is, but like why it is yeah. so significant. Yeah, forget about it. forget about investing in it. Just learn like yes. how the tokenomics works. Like so wrapping you know. your head around the reason Luna has appreciated as much as it has in recent like year or two is sort of the key to understanding a lot of the whole blockchain and Web three revolution. In my opinion, that's actually like when when I made that connection. That's when I like. Well, no, actually, that was before I made this Twitter, but. If it was, that would have been the moment I like put the loon in my uh, the moon in my name, like just like oh, I see. It's like the embodiment you fig- of what you we're figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Weapon. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, why don't other coins have this? You know, right? Yeah. And and I think that goes back to the it. Luna has it's like the trifecta. You know, it has the stable coin, but it also has the state store of value. The stable coin is just digital cash. Spend it. You know, and and this is like you get into the whole the conversation with the Bitcoin maxis, it's like, well, no, you know, we're going to use Bitcoin to transact and everything. It's like, no, no. It's like you've said so many times before, Sefi, I don't want to spend my Apple stock to buy an iPhone. I want to spend the cash that is spendable to buy whatever retail item, iPhone, cheeseburger, whatever, to buy that. I don't know. I don't know if I totally agree with that analogy just because like Apple as a stock represents a company that does stuff, whereas Bitcoin is very much its own unique thing. But the general spirit. You're of, look, yeah. yeah, you're looking too much into it. Yeah. The, the, the point no, is, sure. I don't, hey, don't want to spend my store of value. I want to save my store of value. Absolutely. But Luna is the trifecta. It has the stable coin. It has a store of value. But then they also just tied themselves to Bitcoin, which is the premier the premier capital asset, asset store of value, you know? So it's like yeah. Doe knows exactly what he's doing. If, if you want to learn, if you really want to learn what's going on, listen to Doe, uh, some of his, his interviews that he's done recently. He did a real quick podcast with Anthony Papiano. Um, he's done some in, in more in-depth conversations online, but Doe Kwan goes straight to the source. He explains it and he explains what, he, what, what they're trying to accomplish. So, gentlemen. Yeah, so I want to I want to get through some people. So who? Yeah, Zeus. Uh, well, actually, Nala's been waiting for a good minute. Oh, I want to let Nala, Nala, Nala hop in. Go, Sorry, Nala go, Nala go first, please. Yeah. Yeah, I just one thing I wanted to say. Someone mentioned White Whale, and uh, yeah, Sefi said they weren't working. So White Whale technically works. Um, they are they are hitting ARBs, but the nature of the ARBs mm-hmm. are like 
every five minutes they're hitting like 50 cents in profit. And when yeah. you have a pool that's like 20 or 30 million, it doesn't really make a big difference. Um, so like if you're putting UST into white whale, is it, it's essentially the same thing as anchor. Sefi, is it something that like, I, I thought I read something where like, yeah, they are technically working, but the way that they want their flash loans to work is not currently right. Which no. is why. No, it's not the flash loans. The flash loan part is the one that is the part that works. The part that okay. doesn't work fully is their bot infrastructure no, is not programmed that, to be fast enough. Now. Oh, is That's it quick enough now? now. It's, it's picking something every 50, like every like five minutes, right? But the problem okay. is like the nature of ARBing, right? Is you're not going to get an ARB, like a single ARB that makes like $20 million, right? right. It's going to be like pennies here and there. Right. So it's just that yep. there's too many people in the white whale pool with their UST because they believe in it long term that like your actual I, APY from it is like I 0.1%. Think white whale might shine though in times of severe volatility when those arbing opportunities get a little bit like slightly more fleshed out and like a wider spread. Yeah. Yeah. And then one more yeah. thing also, someone mentioned like the idea of like scams not oh, being as big as we're going to get It's it, it, it's it's in my opinion at least it's a factor of like the ecosystem not being as developed like for example Uniswap yeah they'll come released and then <laughs> there's like come. a billion uniswap clones that look exactly the same but have their colors changed right yeah so as more of these projects come out like astroport i would not be surprised if next week there was an astroport clone. Uh, but it'll just take time yeah yep absolutely um zeus now you then for DeFi, then brian hey Jen. thanks everybody um, for being patient or hey friends everybody um i just wanted to revert our attention back to sci for a minute um i think yeah. i was talking about this in another space and I'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one and just to sort of uh you know repeat what Steffi said in a way um luna is your best choice right you can farm a lot of these assets with your luna so there's not really a reason to buy these assets if you can farm them if you're planning on holding Luna for the long term. So if you're trying to farm Psy, you can take in Luna, right? You can put in the Spectrum single asset vault, that's one way. But there's actually a way to double farm Psy, which is very interesting. So if you, I'll just, I'll belt it out. If anybody's interested, just, there's, you know, just think about the strategy, it's interesting. So there's a Pylon Psy vault. You can deposit USD in it. It's a two-year period. You get back B-side DP24M token. You can take that token and trade it if you want. So people have traded it below value. In two years, when the pool matures, it will be one-to-one -one with the dollar. So you can take your Eastside 24 or whatever token there and redeem it for your USD, plus the side rewards that's accumulated for two years. Yeah. So you can buy this token at a 9% ARB right now. And um, at Spectrum, you can enter straight in with USD into the B-side pool. You get the 9% ARB. You get your uh, B-side tokens. You single asset, you single vault farm them, and you're getting Psy and Spec. At the end of the two years, you take it out, you go back to the vault, you claim your UST you never deposited, plus all of the Psy rewards for that. So you're essentially double, sci double farming Psy for the entire time, plus Spec. And if you're willing to sit for two years, um, it's an instant 9% ARB. Um, any interesting uh, strategy. Anyway, so next up, I wanted to discuss it. Anybody seen this Seder Labs uh, Degen vaults? They just posted this alpha. I don't know, like 30 minutes ago or something. Very interesting. Uh, I just wanted to see, does anybody know more about that, the Degen vaults? 
if anyone that might be Safi. If it was just thirty minutes ago, I, I haven't. Don't... I haven't uh, looked at him carefully yet, so not yeah. much to talk about. Okay, I'm gonna look into it too, and, and then also on a. Or yeah, sorry, yeah. I'll Definitely. Say, I'm, I'm going to look into it some more, and if I have something intelligent to offer, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure and tell everybody. Thank you. Cool. Was, I'm trying to wrap this space down um, pretty soon here, doing some closing questions, but we have more spaces on the weekend, and I'll be back next Wednesday, so more than happy to talk about Luna whenever, because I, I, I have this little side mission while I'm on Twitter to stop making the cosmos and Luna feel separate. Like, Luna is part of the cosmos. It's one of our greatest assets. Like, we're all one and the same. So I want to, like, maybe focus on Luna a little more throughout these sessions. Like, not not monopolize it. Like, if anyone has any questions about cosmos, Kepler, like, absolutely, this will still be the place. But Luna is amazing. And, like, well, if you haven't gotten that from talking with us in it's these... Very, it's also very like, easy to get... It's also easy, very easy to get your UST from Terra to cosmos so a lot of times the people playing oh, yeah. on terra don't know what the really good opportunities are on the various cosmos chains like, like uh, luna's amazing in every way but like luna doesn't have an akash and there are so many smart people invested in luna that if they just knew about akash and knew that it was in the same ecosystem as luna they might be like oh shit like okay i can in one or two clicks move my ust there and buy that because we're in the sure. same greater ecosystem or not even just buy it, but like even the smart contract platforms like um yeah. like yep. Juno or whatever, like you know, a lot of times Build I have on. no idea I have no idea what's going on over there because like you know, unless you literally go to every single um, you know, connected DAP, it's like the amount of research you have to do to figure out which DAPs you want to use and like which ones. Like have. wait, for example, Sefi, are you staking are you a Juno staker? I, I haven't done anything on Juno yet. <laughs> just really? to, just okay. for reference. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yet. I thought do you do you dabble? I th- I, I thought I figured you dabbled a bit in the rest of the cosmos. I know you have Adam. A little bit. But... I've got some Adam. I've got some Akash. I've got um, uh, you guys walk me through how to get my shade airdrop for um, for Adam. And I got that shit done. Remember? <laughs> wow, we walked you through. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, awesome. I, I, I well, part of it is if you spread too thin, it's hard to know what's what. Yes. So when it comes to other chains, sometimes I'm like, dude, tell me what to do. I'm going to go do it. If you tell me it's awesome and you've researched it, like. Then right. I'm not like going to put my life savings into it. So it's right, like. But it's yeah. more like, but it's almost like crowd, you know, it's like crowd um, sourced information, right? Yes. If if you see a tweet with 500 little engagements, whether it's likes, whatever, or Twitter space, where clearly everyone like knows and supports the host and they can just be like, all right, I'm not recommending this, but here's what I do. You can have some level of confidence that like, all right, this is what the community has agreed is pretty good yeah exactly like you know there's there's got to be some use to crowdsourced information right like otherwise Mm -hmm. otherwise what's the point of having these like (laughs) like meeting everyone like making friends here and then like you know like you got to find some like alpha in the in the you know in the shade in the shadows there somewhere (laughs) for sure um well yeah uh for defi yeah i have a really quick question for you sefi uh especially for people that got into Luna uh, by the end of last year, prices of, obviously are going up. Uh, what would you suggest as a strategy to, st- uh, to keep accumulating Luna? Because uh, it seems like it's just on a run right now, and we have like smaller dips like today. Uh, and of course, if you don't have like a lot of budget to just like keep putting on it each month, uh, what would be like your strategy to accumulate before 
it goes like even parabolic or, or close to 1000 like you mentioned earlier i kind of this Wait, is kind I of i just want to guess safi is it yeah. is it gonna involve kujira well, <laughs> well it can but like maybe just as a general reference uh this yeah is how, okay. this is how i this is what i did i bought originally at 16 then it went to 12 and i'm like crap okay so i got more at uh more at 12 and then it dumped to five um <laughs> this is last may and then i went crazy i bought a whole lot um and um since then pretty much every single dip go pull up the chart every single dip i bought more right so like from then all the way till like today i bought more today literally um so the the my concept here is like every top represents potential right and the percentage drop from the top represents the your opportunity to return to that top assuming it's a good asset like a luna or a bitcoin or apple stock or something like that where your odds of actually returning to a top are so high that therefore it makes sense to like continually dip by or whatever with whatever capital I get. Cause I like, I'm still working. Right. So I make money every month and like that shows up. I, I use it for things. Um, also like, so this is my general stratification. If I have something like a five to 10% drop, what I've been doing lately is I've been just basically taking yield from things. Like for example, if I have a little bit of atom yield or something and it's just sitting there, I'll find some yield, I'll scrounge it up and I'll, and I'll get a few Luna. Right. Um, so if, if it's a minor dip, I don't go crazy. I just get little bits at a time. If um, I get a more serious dip, let's say, you know, like, a serious liquidation event in crypto and you know you drop a good you know 20%, right? Then I'll start throwing in some uh I start throwing in some extra like actual cash. I'll go to my bank and I'll get some more and I'll like get you know buy a little bigger amount. If I find a dip that's like you know 30% drop, then I'm like, hmm, okay, this is starting to get interesting. I'll go and borrow off my Luna and I'll get a little bit more Luna because I can actually just you know go to anchor protocol, you know, so any Luna that I get actually constitutes my ability to borrow and get more Luna at a lower price. Why do I get it lower? Because I don't want to take leverage on at the top and then get liquidated. I'd rather have almost no liquidation risk and buy things at the bottom. And then if price goes down even further, like I think when Luna went from like a hundred, was it a hundred bucks in December all the way down to 45 ish um, in a big drop, I went and got, um, I looped it, meaning I not only borrowed off my Luna, got more Luna, but then provided that as collateral, got more Luna, provided as collateral and got more Luna again. So that's called looping. So that's, you can get like a 2x leverage. So I took a chunk of my Luna and went crazy at about $45, right? So if you look at the stratification, the idea is, if a small dip happens, you use a little bit of money. A bigger dip happens, you use more. An even bigger dip, you use even more. And then at the bottom, you use max. And, or, or what I think is a bottom. Like usually like in crypto, that's like what, 50, 60% is a pretty good, you know, pretty good serious dump, right? Nice so, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the idea. And, and uh, so I'm not like going crazy with each of these little dips. I'm just sort of saving why am I getting more and more Luna? Because I know that if it crashes at some point, I can use it as collateral, right? Remember I told you guys this? I said like one of the most important functions of crypto 
is its function as collateral. It's why Ethereum's worth what it's worth. It's why Luna's yep. worth what it's worth, etc. Because you can use it for something, and in particular, you can use it as an insurance policy to buy the bottom. So I keep my collateral value. I don't borrow off of all of it. I, I like only borrow off like twenty five percent. Yeah, so I was just going to ask actually. Yeah. what's your cap? Like so, for so my my I, I I normally have like seventy five percent excess to borrow off of if I have to. Uh, so it's a, a lot, in other words, and um, I'm not going over leverage. Like I'm not going as aggressive as some people. Now I might not be making as much money as some people, but I'm I can sleep better at night because I have fairly large amounts of funds that I move. So it's like I'm not going to go like crazy on uh, freaking you know. <laughs> I'm not going to go totally crazy with uh, with leverage necessarily. I'm going to use it judiciously. But like what we've been doing lately, which is like getting all these Terra alts, right? I can borrow off my Luna and buy Astroport. I can buy borrow off Luna and get whatever. And, you know, like we had a question earlier about like, oh, which one would you buy? Well, if I buy Astroport right now, I have to buy more if it goes down, right? Like, in other words, do not get anything if you're not willing to get it more if it goes lower, period, end of story. That's the first way to get wrecked in crypto, right? So in other words, you're buying too much if you haven't kept a strategy for buying more lower. It's as simple as that. That's if you memorize nothing else from this discussion, that's all you have to know to win in crypto. That's it. That, that's, that's a, a gem cool. right there. That is that's a gem, really yeah. serious advice. You have to, it's a conviction buy is what you're saying. You have to be. It was, it's not even conviction. It's the budgeting process, right? If I'm willing to spend a hundred bucks at, you know, a hundred dollar Luna, I should be willing to spend 200 at $90 Luna. If not, like I shouldn't be involved in this space. Like it's simple. like you you really should budget properly such that you can you have enough to get dips. Here's the thing, by the way, like if you miss out on Luna, who cares? By the way, there's going to be like other shit coming down the pike, right? Like we well, have some, not, we not, have, not just that. If you miss out on Luna, it's never too late because of the unique nature of Luna. That's true too. That's true too. If because it's collateral power, you're never too late in particular. Yeah. Right? And because but, of the whole market cap dynamic. But, yeah. but for people that like think that like no opportunities are going to show up, there's like dozens of projects coming to every chain like every other month, right? Like there's going to be something there that's going to be worth it. And um, there's going to be there's going to be good projects like, you know, I've done really well with Prism and Astroport and Mars and shit. I've done well with every single Terra almost at this point. Yeah, so if you just like think out your strategy and like don't be exactly. rash on anything, don't hunt raw APYs. And yeah, and, al and always, think... al always like um, go within like start with like maybe ten percent of what you consider your budget for that but for that project. Only use ten percent, and if and if it goes up and you missed out on the other ninety investing, who cares? You'll find something else to put money in. Yeah, right. But but if it drops, you'll need to buy put the next twenty percent and the next thirty percent like that until yeah. you've used up all your capital. So okay. Um... I, I gotta head to bed soon, gang, but I refuse to shut a space down when people still have questions. So I'm gonna trust you guys. Let's let's try and chug through them quickly. For DeFi, if you still have something, Brian and then uh DG Fest, uh, I'll let you hop up here. But yeah, whoever wants to, yeah, Brian, go ahead. Let's yeah. Take it away. <clears throat> Thanks. Hey, Chevy, I have a question for you. You um you referenced a higher Cosmo price or Adam price, um, if all of the shared security works out. How likely do you see that happening when you were talking about a much, much higher Cosmo price? Um, um, it looks like it's the shared security stuff's coming soon. It's like someone posted something on Testnet. I, 
I wish you would ask that earlier, Brian. <laughs> I am the biggest proponent of shared security. I think it is more important than almost anybody realizes at this moment, and that in time, it will prove its worth and become like one of the biggest value props of Adam. But I, I think in real time, they're talking not till um, beginning of next year to full implementation, right, for shared security. Which is why the alpha oh. is now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, just, is that what they've moved it to? Because last time I looked at their their like their raw roadmap that I keep track of is on their GitHub for like the Gaia, the Gaia yeah. GitHub, and you're, like you're talking about the 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 upgrades for for the Cosmos ecosystem. Like the next upgrade is going to be um, Theta. Is it Theta or is no? I'm I'm getting them mixed up. Uh, but the it, next it one's is, Theta. Yep, and then yeah. after that is Row. Yeah, they usually do them quarterly, but Anyways, back to back to your original question. The shared shared security will bring good use case scenario for the Atom token. So yes, Sefi, like you said, now's the time to buy the buy the dip. Like when if Atom goes below twenty five dollars uh, token, then yeah, ju jump on because you want to load up now before we get closer and closer to the launch. Now, bear in mind, the first time I think I got I got Atom like at a local top at like I don't know. I think I got it at like 30 bucks and then it dumped to like 20 and then to like 10. So I yeah. just escalated. Did you buy price. more at 10 and 20? Yeah. That's the yeah. question. Yep. And uh, then you're good. I did. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> yep. so I know. That, I was but... asking you very, very <laughs> like. Uh... Especially. No, but especially in an inflationary <laughs> yield token. In, especially an inflationary yield token, you should buy yeah. exponentially down. So yeah. now I my, my average price, you know, I was able to bring it down to maybe like twelve dollars because my buy at 10 was huge compared to my buys that were higher so right. now that price is like 30 bucks or 28 or whatever it is today like um you know my cost basis is like half of what the price of adam is now and i've been earning yield like the entire last year also right so, if and and to speak on like shared security real quick in my view of shared security and like brian i would uh, I would love to talk on this more, but I do need to shut this down soon. I, I need to be responsible with my sleep. Well, you, you, um, don't, you don't need three hours of sleep like Steffi? I, oh, no, I work on about four. So, <laughs> um, But like right now, currently, if shared security was a thing, I would argue Luna's the only chain that has an argument for not using it. And like that might that's probably not the common opinion. But the, what I've seen in blockchains and the things that are possible and the things that may happen eventually as far as uh, security and whether that's attacks or problems like Luna's the only chain in the Cosmos besides the Cosmos hub itself that I think has the TVL and TVL with proof of stake assets is sort of directly related to security. So that's the only one like, like everything else, Juno, Osmo, I, I would actually like to even see Osmo using shared security, to be honest. And I know that is not a popular opinion because it seems like it's such a big thing with a decent market cap that it probably wouldn't need it. Shared security is more for like smaller projects, but I would almost disagree. And on one hand, what do I know? But Shared security makes it much quicker to spin up uh, lots and lots of new projects with sovereign yeah. chains, like yep. companies coming to Cosmos, right? Like. American that's Airlines or some stuff. shit, right? Yeah, that's where the big money comes in. So um, that would be the the theoretical goal. And then in theory, if your Atom token can be used to like, you know, uh, stake to multiple networks simultaneously, then the yield opportunity is much, much more sustainable. Okay. One last question. Patrick, question. Um, 
I'm I'm trying to send uh, use my Kepler wall to send back to the the, um, the Luna ecosystem. What's the currency do I need? Um, like I want to transfer some of my atoms through Osmos to to um, to Luna. Do I what's the currency I need to pay? Because I'm having trouble. It's not actually sending it. I, there's, there's actually I can't actually push the button to send it. Do I need a currency? Which currency do I need to actually pay the fees in on using Osmos? Oh, that's for Os- Oh, wait for Osmo. Yeah, because I'm. I, I don't know if it's just a, so. So that's an interesting. That's an interesting question because the actual like TX fees themselves are obviously paid in the native coin Osmo, but what they're working on once like fees are more adopted widespread and it's not zero fees is the ability to pay for fees with other coins and it in the background just transfers the, or trades those coins to yeah. Osmo and then pays the fee. So, like, yes, the fee will always be paid in Osmo, but you as the end user, as far as you see it from your perspective, you will be able to pay those fees in, like, a, I think any coin on Osmo, at least a, a good number of the, like, blue chip ones. But for now, uh, for Kepler, you have to have Osmo always have, have some in your wallet for this? Uh, no, for now, you can do free Osmosis transactions, literally zero gas. So you Yeah, don't I, I didn't notice any transaction fees for that. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is... You have to I, switch it to low because they did the medium. It has yeah. a very small amount because they were trying to get rid of uh, yeah. spammers. But you can switch the transaction fee to low and it's still zero. This is, I think this is how it should have always been. I think yeah. this free should have always been an option for low, but like the medium should have been... But Either way, don't want to get into Speaking, all that now. Can I get so, a so I'm just having one last. So I'm, I'm trying to hit swap, and it, 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 it's like it's not at, like it's not letting me. It's letting me push it. Is that a, okay. has anyone ever had a glitch in the app where they can't send something? Um, whenever I have any kind of glitch in any DeFi application, the first thing I try is Control Shift R. Okay. Not just a normal reload, Control Shift R. It'll clear your cache too. It'll force the Osmosis website to recheck the blockchain and get the most updated info about all the tokens that you hold right. or any, any, I'm any using on the iPhone. Can you use it on the, on the iPhone? Oh, on the mm-hmm. iPhone. What oh, are you trying to do? What are you, the app. I'm, yeah. I'm what are you trying, trying to, to do? I'm trying to transfer, um, at, I'm trying to tr- swap Adam for USD. And so you are in Kepler on Osmosis. Yeah, Kepler, Osmos, Osmosis. It's just like, it's just like one of the things it's, if something's wrong with the screen where I can't actually push it. I see the whole thing that hit swap, but then it's oh, so it's not even throwing you an error. It's like you can't hit the button or something. Yeah, like I can push the button, but it doesn't look the blue it should be. This looks like it's you know. <laughs> right. That sounds like a straight up bug. Yeah. Okay. Did you deposit um, your? What you could do so. What you could do without having to do any importing or anything is go on Osmosis on uh, a computer. Yeah. And sign in not with the Kepler extension, uh-huh. but with the Kepler like mobile thing. I think you like will scan a code. Okay. All right. Um, Jamie, I wait, wonder if it's something you think about. Deposited. Like, are they? Did he push deposit from like Adam Wallet to Osmosis? I wonder oh, if they're great. just not on Osmosis. Oh. Yeah, Great well, question. So, yeah, Brian. So, all the different things in Cosmos are separate chains. So, like. You are trying to buy Adam with UST, did you say? Buy UST with Adam. So do I have to send it? UST I... with Adam. So your Adam might be living on the Cosmos Adam chain. It might I not be. Cosmos. Cosmos. 
Okay, I guess I have to say Yeah, Osmosis is not a D app built on Atom. Okay. It is its own chain. So you would need to go to Assets in yeah. Osmosis and click Deposit next to your Atom, and it'll automatically connect to your correct wallet because they're like linked, okay. um, and let you pull in from there. And then once that transfer goes through, that transfer is called an IBC transfer. So it's yeah. between two different blockchains. It will take like ten to. 20 seconds as opposed to normally like the five okay or sometimes right. even a little more right. but thanks if i i'm gonna let you go because uh if i can't figure it out i'll hit you guys up later but no i think i think this will be it yeah if you hadn't done that step it should be smooth sailing from here once that <laughs> transfers in and it kind of gets there and the transaction confirms you'll be able to hit that swap button okay awesome so uh can i jump in for a sec here uh, yeah absolutely brian's brian's issue actually kind of relates to something I want to ask about, which is even simpler. I cool. own uh, some Atom on an exchange and um, I've been trying to, and I haven't staked it. And I want to stake it and I'm trying to figure out what's the best wallet. I was going to do Cosmos Station, but it sounds like Kepler. Should I move so Kepler? Cosmos Station is the best and most robust mobile wallet. Kepler wallet is the most supported in general desktop wallet so what i mean by in general is like if you just want all of the functionality possible and like all of the options and stuff on mobile then you'll want cosmo station but in general for the whole ecosystem like claiming airdrops a lot of them will only let you claim them on a website on your computer on a desktop or laptop and in that realm kepler is the best but don't have two different wallets or don't have two different addresses have the same address loaded up into Cosmo Station on your phone, Kepler I, on your phone, I would say and Kepler on your desktop. Have, having done both of them, I feel like uh, if I was going to do one, Kepler, it's going to be Kepler. And the yep. reason is because like it creates and links all your wallets simultaneously from the very beginning, and yep. then like if you learn that experience, like how Kepler works and how like Osmosis is like its own chain with a Dex. I don't know. It's like, it is confusing uh, for... Cosmos Station's a power user tool. It's not friendly. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, that's not me then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Even Kepler is a little confusing, but it's yeah. it's workable. It makes it as easy as possible, at but least. Once yeah. I started using Kepler, I stopped using Cosmos Station for, yeah. for, for interacting with Osmosis particularly. Well, let me, let me tell you, Sefi, and everyone in general, like, why... Or no... Sophie, sorry. Was that DG? My my Twitter yeah, is yeah. broken. I can't tell who's talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, the reason I still have Cosmo Station is all is because it does stuff a little bit fundamentally different. So if Osmosis, the website app.osmosis goes down, Kepler's not going to do you much good doing a, a swap or putting money into a liquidity pool or something. If you were on SIF chain, Timmy got rugged. We we lost. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. Well, uh, it seems like a good time to shut down. So, hey, shout out to Timmy. Yeah, when you're talking about Adam, you said that with the price being where it is now, it'd be a good time to buy before something launches. And what were you referencing when you said a launch? We're the talking launch about shared security. security. Oh. Yeah, the, the shared security is going to be an upgrade more towards the end of the year. They're going to do I think they're going to do a version one, version two. So it's going to be slowly implemented throughout the ecosystem. But 
With that being said, I think our host is. He, are you back, Tim? He's back. Looks like. So, yeah, <laughs> you've been working overtime. You've been working overtime. Yeah, but I just want to encourage everyone. Like, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good um, information online. Cryptocito is a very good YouTuber to follow on YouTube for all the latest um, Cosmos information. He he does a lot of interviews with the the core dev teams, and he's they're doing um, at least every other week. They're doing a, a, a Cosmos dedicated Cosmos update so with that Crypto thank you everyone for coming CTO? if you yeah, have other like easy questions and and yeah I, yeah I don't know if this is what you were about to say is can you guys hear me is this working even yeah, yeah okay cool yeah um anything that like didn't get covered tonight or in general like my dms are always open for a reason my pin tweet is what it is for a reason if you just want to know how a liquidity pool works or like how Kepler relates to Terra Station, no matter how stupid and basic the question, like feel free to DM me. There's a lot of people in the community like me too. So um, yeah. awesome resources for pretty much everything. Yeah. And thanks, thanks Tim, for hosting. I, I know these Wednesdays are starting to go long, but thank you so much for hosting again, man. And Sefi, thank you for coming on. I, I, everyone who got to listen to a little bit of the wisdom, there's so many gems that Sefi spoke out. No, I think the best one you said was, you know, if, if you're going to buy a token, you, you, you have to understand this is crypto. It's very volatile and it can go down 20% the next day right after you buy it. And don't let that, don't let that get you down. You have to be ready to, to understand that that's, that's your open door opportunity to get more of the token. I hope yep. that was probably one of the, one of the, one hey, of the thanks again, Sefi, for your info, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you coming up, man. I know we ended up taking like two hours out of your night, but always great to... As soon as I saw you step in here, I literally lost like <laughs> half of my knowledge about Luna in my head. I was like, uh, shit. Go right now, even though there's no reason no, I mean, But you know, like, but talking it through though, yeah. um, you'll get it. Like eventually what happens is, is you figure out the narrative in your head eventually after you've like heard it a few times. Yeah, however you best you, explain people, it to right? yourself. Yeah, you'll eventually be able to explain it just as yeah. well. It's just simply a matter of like uh, the nuances of it all are kind of, you know, if you haven't lived through it for a year, right? Like you, it's hard to pick up the nuances over time. But it's the same thing if I like, you know, I don't know the slightest thing about where we are with shared security and the nuances of right. Juno or whatever. Like I have no idea. So like <laughs> it's uh, you, you sort of get good at certain parts of it and then um, – you just sort of listen in on everyone else's shit, right? Dude, exactly. Like I consider myself a lunatic, but not as much as you. And like, and everyone has their their areas of expertise and stuff, and just like things they choose to deep dive in. <laughs> but um, you guys jealous? I still have the hundred instead of a heart when I do that emoji. But I think that's what I'm going to leave you guys on. <laughs> um, All right. Next Wednesday, same thing, 8 p.m. EST. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all in the evenings, Sunday, kind of mid-afternoon. Follow Cosmos underscore spaces to kind of keep, keep up to date on all those things. And then uh, Terra Spaces, who's in here, shout out, as always, you recording for kind of a wider breadth of both Cosmos and Terra related spaces to kind of keep track of everything. So lots of great resources. Um, hope to see people. Join the Discord. 
Yeah, yep, yep. The uh, Cosmos Faces Discord found link in, link in the Cosmos Faces bio. Um, should get you everything you need. But yeah, feel free to reach out to me with any questions that didn't get covered here or things you just want to re-clarify. Um, and yeah, I hope I'll see a lot of you guys next week or on the weekend. Sefi, appreciate it. Mayor, you've been here almost the full four and a half hours with me. Same with UAZ. So shout out to everyone in the Cosmos. Everyone have a beautiful night. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part Cosmos Spaces Space, the IBC gang Luna Cosmos 101, Yield Farming, the Cosmonaut Boot Camp, recorded on Wednesday, April 6, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Have you heard about the new Terra Invest Strategy Discord server Orbital Command spun up? If you're looking for a chill place to chat about different Luna stacking strategies or looking for some alpha or if you're trying to find the best UST farms or even if you just have a quick question you need answered, be sure to stop by TIS and say hi to the Orbital Command gang. Hell, I'm even in there sometimes when I'm not editing hours of C5 spaces. You can find me in that server chatting about NFTs and answering basic Terra Luna questions. The link to the server is in the show notes, and for more information, check out orbitalcommand.io. Terra Spaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often in the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit, like filming a movie role. Sorting through support from your endorsements. Of course, we're tripping balls. And it reports it The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner Finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big drip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastise into digging holes in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move Change of view, just a bunch of peck of heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus 
you do? Two plus two. Uh, uh.